This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another important series. Another disappointment from your Philadelphia Phillies as the Phillies last night go into Arizona looking to win the series. They win game one, playing one of their best games in a while, just complete. Solid baseball, well-hit, well-fielded, well-pitched game, and then not that <laughs> the next two nights. The Phillies lose 8-4 to four two nights ago, and then last night a 6-1 to one loss in Arizona as they get handled by the Diamondbacks, the offense, yet again, ice cold for the Phillies. We'll dive into it all. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is... Thursday, August the 8th is yet again we come off a very disappointing showing from the Philadelphia Phillies. We talked about, you know, just going in there and winning the series. They had a chance. They won the first game of the series, then they dropped the next two in mostly uncompetitive fashion. They were in game two for a little while until it kind of got away from them. And last night just really never felt in it. We're down 4-0 pretty early, and then that was it. Never even made a run. The offense was anemic last night unable to get anything going they must only five hits on the evening Bryce Harper does hit his 20th homer of the season in the ninth to give them a run (laughs) so that was pretty exciting Jason Vargas five innings four earned one strike out three walks four hits you know Jason Vargas was not good but he was not horrendous Uh, this one I think you blame squarely at the feet of the lineup the offense that just continues to disappoint I mean at a certain point, you know, we can we've called it like we've seen it for a while, but but at a certain point, I mean, you just have to be massively, massively disappointed with this Phillies lineup that was supposed to be the thing that was going to carry this team. Um, you know, they scored one run last night, four the night before. They win with seven, but then five, three, three. They had a ten spot against the Giants, which is nice, but then one, four. Nine against the the Braves, and then seven in a loss. They only put up two against the Braves. Four, three, two, one. I mean, they, this is just not a lineup that has, has scored runs. I mean, this is a team that has, you know, should be able to count on this lineup to at least give you a fighting chance each night, and it has been nothing close to that. And, you know, look, luckily, it looks like Jay Bruce will be back soon. Uh, Kapler said he's very close to being active. I mean... Who'd have thunk that Jay Bruce would be the linchpin offensively for this team? I mean, they desperately, desperately, desperately need Jay Bruce back. Um, but just a really, really bad offense right now. Really bad lineup, a lineup that has to carry this team. And, and it was nice to see Harper Homer last night at a couple hits, but that's what they need. I know we've we've said it a bunch. You can't, I can't say it any more clearly than I have, but if this team is going to do anything or go anywhere, Bryce Harper has to be the catalyst to lead them there. He has to be the guy to carry the team. He has to throw the team on his back. We haven't seen that version of Bryce Harper yet this season, yet as a Philly. 
And look, Reese Hoskins has to be better. JT Romito has to be better. Gene Segura has to be better. All these guys have to be better. There, there's absolutely no question about it. Again, just a another really disappointing showing last night. This offense has the, the nights where they just come out and they look anemic. And they are far too talented for that. And you flash around the league and you look at teams like the Dodgers and the Astros and the Braves. And these teams just feel so far ahead of the Phillies right now because their offenses come out every night and put up runs. What a crazy thought. I mean, I was watching the Astros the other night, a couple nights in a row against the Rockies the last two nights, and they are just relentless. I mean, it's one guy after another. They got, you know, uh, George Springer and then Altuve and Alex Bregman and Correa and Jordan Alvarez and then Yuli Gurriel's putting up eight RBI days. And, like, it's just one guy after another. And the same thing with the Dodgers. And then this Phillies team is just... It's 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 nobody. You know, he feels gonna give you something on a night to night basis. It's it's absolutely crazy, and um, it's in- incredibly frustrating. It's frustrating to watch because we thought when this season started and look, losing Andrew McCutcheon was was a big deal. You know, there's no way to downplay the loss of McCutcheon and how important that is. And and I said at the time, I think a lot of people thought I was being a little dramatic with how important I thought that injury was at the time. I said I didn't think that they would be able to get over it ultimately in the long run in terms of this team as a real true contender. I felt like the loss of McCutcheon put a nail in that coffin. And I know that sounds crazy, but he was just such a massive part of this team, both offensively as the catalyst at the top of the lamp, the one steadying presence it felt like no matter what was going to give you the same thing every night. Obviously defensively, just a stalwart of, of bastion of consistency and talent in left field. And then base running as well. Most importantly, the veteran presence, the locker room, the leadership. He would be out there leading by example, and they don't have that guy now. They don't have that former MVP. I know Bryce Harper won MVP, but McCutcheon, a former MVP who's been a leader before. He's been the the leader of a team before. He's 31 years old. He's someone who can have that veteran presence, and when they lost him, it was just such a massive loss, and they really have not recovered. Certainly, from a lineup perspective, at no point, as good as Jay Bruce was when he came over and has been, and, and obviously he's been massive for the scene, but at no point have they felt close to as consistent offensively. And even then, look, I'm, I'm not making it out to be that when McCutcheon was here, they were a, a juggernaut. I know they were still a flawed lineup then as well, but certainly just felt much more productive then than now. And McCutcheon, I think, we're just really seeing the ripple effect of that injury and how important he was to this team. And how much of a difference maker he was. And I think it's pretty clear that losing McCutcheon has, has had a lasting impact, even with as great as uh, as Bruce has been. But regardless, look, McCutcheon's gone, so um, there's no use in, uh, there's no use in uh, belaboring it. We all know that. But um, it, is, it is interesting that they've really not been able to find that mojo again since losing Andrew McCutcheon. And I think that injury's really played a massive role in, uh, in kind of the downfall of this team and not that they were as good as the Dodgers, the Astros, or anything otherwise, but they really haven't recovered and haven't been the same team. And um, you hope that over the last 50-ish games that they can find a way to to put it all together. And, you know, look, they're not going to be the best team in baseball. Baseball's a weird sport. You never know. We've seen teams going crazy runs and all that. But this is not a team that with their pitching, with their bullpen, that is going to go on a run, but it is a team that if the lineup can just hit, if the lineup can live up to their potential, even without McCutcheon, with the guys that they have here, and again, I'm talking about the guys who obviously have to give more. Bryce Harper, clearly. Uh, Reese Hoskins, who's having a good year, but need more, especially now from. Romuto, you need more from offensively. Segura, you need more from. 
And then also even just the the look, we, Adam Hazy looks like a really nice player. I think you can count on Adam Hazy to give you something over the rest of the season. Bruce returning. Corey Dickerson, you've seen. The dude can hit. He just needs to stay on the field. I think they have the potential offensively as a lineup to to, to matter, to make a difference as a team, um, and to, to kind of carry this staff at times. But we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen it close to enough. And ultimately, I think when it's all said and done, if it you know kind of continues down the string, I think it's a massive indictment of John Maley, first and foremost, and of the, the hitting instruction there because – there's more talent than they show. This lineup is not nearly good enough on a night-to-night basis. And I think that ultimately, if this team has any chance over the last 50-ish games to turn it around and to really kind of storm into the playoffs and make someone scared to play them a little bit, which, again, I think is unlikely. But, um, you know, if that's the case, it's going to be on the back of the lineup. It's going to be on the backs of, of Bryce Harper going on a hot streak, Reese Hoskins going on a hot streak, Jay Bruce returning. Adam Hazley continuing to improve, like so on and so forth. Kingery continuing to improve, like all that. That's the chance this team has if they're going to make a run. And and the crazy thing, again, as um, it's a weird situation with this team because yet again we wake up after again. This is the second straight incredibly disappointing series. The, the losing two or three to the White Sox, now losing two or three to the Diamondbacks. Incredibly disappointing series. Is no other way to put it. Just massive disappointments in terms of series across the board. And yet they're still tied for the second wild card today. It makes no sense. Them and the Brewers, two back of Washington. Then St. Louis is half game back of them. Then the Mets, half game back of that. The Mets just, I don't think the Mets have ever lost a baseball game, it would appear. The Mets have won like 13 or 14 or something like that. As uh, They just keep winning games. The Mets only a half game back of the Phillies, which is terrifying to think about. Uh, Cardinals and Mets half game back. The Diamondbacks one and a half back. The Giants three and a half back. Cincinnati four back. All those teams still in it. It's really close. Um, but that's the thing is the Phillies are still tied for the second wild card right now today. As horrible as they've been, losing series, disappointing, all that stuff, they are still tied for the second wild card. And I'm not saying that to say like, oh, look at how good they are. Oh, you know, like believe in this team or whatever. I'm saying it simply that, the idea that it's really, uh, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, but just the idea of the dichotomy of this season where um, no one really believes in this team. No one who follows this team feels great about them. No one is super excited. In fact, I would say most people are not excited about this season. I think that when you talk about this team, certainly I know that WIP, at that the, you know taking calls and, and all that stuff there is, is, I would say the vast majority of Phillies fans right now are not not happy with this team. They have not think this season is a success. In fact, I would say they don't even think this season is fun. I think the overwhelming sentiment you hear is, yeah, this hasn't been a fun season. This has been more upsetting than fun, which is crazy to think about, but that is the prevailing sentiment you hear. No one's enjoying this. And yet this team is a wild card team today. How crazy is that? It almost doesn't compute. And especially when you think about the Phillies as a team that has not made the playoffs for eight seasons. Eight seasons. You would think that here in Philadelphia, we would be jonesing for playoff baseball. And any way we could get it would be worth it to us. And yet this team, because of the expectations set coming into the season, because of the, to be frank, disappointing performance we've seen, Again, this team is four games above 500 now. This is a team that 
you know, went out and made a splash this offseason. They brought in Bryce Harper. They brought in Gene Segura. They brought in JT Romuto. They went and made moves. They got McCutcheon and granted and David Robertson. When you think about those two being their two biggest money free agent signings outside of Harper, that hurts. That hurts. And, you know, you, you can only lay blame where blame is due. But um, I, I just think it's a really fascinating season. I, I don't ever remember a season where a team was technically in it. And, again, Obviously, the second wild card makes this way more possible that this is even something that can happen. But where a team was just so in it, like legit in it, in August, where it matters, and yet everyone who follows the team, everyone who watches the team is just so not enthused about it and so not locked in. At what point, and I think I wanted to this yesterday, but at what point are we going to turn from ripping the team and being disappointed with the team to saying, oh, wait. They're going to make the playoffs. Let's get excited, you know? And will it even be the wild card game? Does that, does that excite people enough? I don't know. It's just a really fascinating situation with this team because, again, they're a playoff team today. They would be playing in a play-in game for that second wild card spot against the Brewers. And, you know, granted, other teams are coming up fast. The Mets are just terrifying. The Mets are half game back. It's unbelievable. There's a team that was a joke, dead and buried a month ago. Um, but... They're still there. They're fighting for this. I mean, all you want is the opportunity to have fun baseball in September, and, and this team is going to. And yet, it just feels like no one's invested. It feels like no one's excited. It feels like no one is behind this team, and it's a really perplexing, interesting phenomenon. And, uh, you know, I just I don't know when it shifts. I don't know at what point we start to say, all right, Let's buy in, or even not buy in, but let's just be there. Let's just be involved because this team is is a legitimate playoff team. And at some point, you know, when what point do people say that? At what point do people say, "All right, you know, there's a playoff team. It's time to time to hop on board here and to to stop ripping and stop worrying and start rooting." And I don't know. I don't know if it happens. I, I think Gabe is so volatile, and the way Clentac and McPhail have addressed the media and addressed the fan base, and you know, the 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 Medio, you know, the marginal type moves made to help this team at the trade deadline. It just feels like there's, after an offseason that felt so full of goodwill, Bryce Harper signing, the moves they made, people back at the ballpark, selling tickets, all that, it really feels like through the first two-thirds plus of the season that the Phillies have kind of lost that mojo, that that fan excitement mojo, and it has flipped back to a, a fan base that is, for the most part, Angry at the manager, angry at the general manager, angry at the players, and, and it's not a fun season. And yet it's a season where they're competing for a playoff spot and really for the first time in eight years have a real legitimate chance. You could say since you know 2012, they who knows if they could have you know kind of fell apart in the second half. Last year they weren't a playoff team. We knew that. We were expecting the fall and it happened. This year, like, they're as good as these teams are competing with the Brewers, the Nationals, the Mets. I mean, they're not maybe not as good or better or whatever, but they're right there with them. They are competing legitimately and yet it really feels like there's just no true juice or excitement for this team right now and it's a really fascinating conundrum um i'm sure it's something we'll discuss more as it gets closer and as they start to make a run hopefully maybe start people will start to turn on board but either way it's gonna be a really fascinating last couple months here to see how this whole kind of dynamic shakes out all right speaking of part of that dynamic i think gabe kapler massive part of that dynamic is he is Obviously, just an incredibly polarizing manager in this city. 
Bob Nightingale yesterday came out with a really interesting article about Gabe Kapler's future. We've surmised a lot what will happen if they don't make the playoffs and all that. What if they do and all that? So um, Bob Nightingale had some really interesting things to say with some um, sources from inside the Phillies. We'll talk about that coming up. And then we'll look ahead to a series. The Phillies have to have to figure out a way to win. Worst case, split, but they need to beat the Giants three or four here. They just took two or three at home. Can they do it in San Francisco? We'll dive into that as well. All that and more coming up. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer. It is uh, Thursday, August the eighth, as we come off a uh, again a disappointing Phillies loss yesterday to. The Diamondbacks losing the series two games to three. And, um, again, just a, a bit of a disappointment. Um, not even a bit, a lot of a disappointment from this Phillies team as they have continued to disappoint. And um, I think, as we discussed, there's been kind of a weird dichotomy with this team of people interested in uh, – not as interested in the team, not as excited about the team because, you know, they don't believe in them. And I think Gabe Kapler's a big part of it. I think that there are obviously a lot of people in this city who are just – not fans of Gabe Kapler, and I'm sure there are people who would even like to see them lose so he's gone, I, and I think that's a minority of fans, but people really don't like Gabe, and I think that Clentag and McPhail are taking some heat too, but Gabe, this has been now two years. Gabe, as, as we all know, the guy who's booed the first time he stepped on the field at home, and I have long been a Gabe supporter, and I've had my issues with him this year, as you know if you listen to the show, but I've been more of a supporter than a detractor, but I also have, have gotten to the point where I felt like the Phillies need to do something this year to keep him around. And the question that Bob Nightingale poses at the top of his article, the title of the article, will the Phillies fire manager Gabe Kapler if they don't make the playoffs? And my supposition so far when thinking about this year is that, yes, they will. I've always thought that Gabe has to make the playoffs to keep his job. And, I, I, look, everything is circumstantial. If the way the playoffs shake out is, is they come really close and it's not Gabe's fault and there's nothing else he can do but not blame the guy, then maybe he doesn't get fired. But I do think that if this team has any sort of, you know, is unable to hang on to this spot and whatever sort of mild collapse or, or bad stretch they have that gets them there, I do think that ultimately, personally, I've said that I think that Kapler's job is on the line if he doesn't make the playoffs. But Bob Nightingale's article really uh, really seems to disagree with that. As uh, it says, uh, some, some excerpt from the article, um, now with teams using these final seven weeks to make the ultimate call, the prevailing belief among Phillies executives is that Kapler's job is safe. So this is from the article. The Phillies haven't won and the fans are furious, but he remains beloved by the front office. Beloved! Quote-unquote, they love his passion and sincerity. They love his willingness to be fully indoctrinated in their organization. That's a weird phrasing and the idea that they like that he is their, you know, uh, essentially cult leader, essentially, or they're the cult leaders and they're happy they follow his, his Orders, weird, weird phrasing, but we'll go with it. Uh, whether it's telephone, this is from the article again. Whether it's telephoning and welcoming new employees, making ticket sales calls, or volunteering for research projects, they love his convictions and beliefs. All right, so those are not any examples that are going to get the Philly fan base jumping. Yay, call season ticket holders. Whoa, you know, that's not going to win fans here, but it is interesting. It's worth noting that is the stuff organization values, and, and it doesn't matter. Uh, more from the article. They still believe he's the right man for the job. And besides, if they dared let him go, word is that the San Francisco Giants would quickly turn to him, replacing outgoing manager Bruce Bochy has strong ties to Farhan Zahidi from their time together with the Dodgers. Then the article has some interesting points about some players sticking up for him. Arietta says this was a huge adjustment taking this job, and it's tough year, but I think he's more, much more comfortable in his second year. 
Uh, he's a lot to learn, but he's getting better and better. I know we're having a lot of fun playing for him, blah, 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 doing a hell of a job. And other players jumped in and said similar things as well. And look, um, I think there's a really interesting article that comes out now, and it's obviously leaked most likely from the Philly side, but maybe from Kapler's side to put some pressure on. Who knows what the situation is? But it, let's take it at face value, let's say, because Nightingale is pretty well sourced. He knows what he's talking about. And, you know, you can't believe everything you read or hear. But let's say that the Phillies are are still big fans of Gabe Kapler and, and whether beloved is the right word or, or whatever they say. Um, it wouldn't be surprising that Kapler – look, Matt Klintak hired Kapler. That's his guy. It wouldn't be surprising if, if Klintak is um, – wants to give Kapler more benefit of the doubt, and especially in a situation where, when you look at this team, the injuries, McCutcheon, the, the bullpen has been a disaster. I mean, you lose your best relievers, and Sir Anthony and Robertson both coming into the season. Those would be your top two guys. Then probably Nishak would be the next one, and then Tommy Hunter right there. You lose all those guys for the year, plus Adam Morgan, who's been one of the few you can count on. So I understand that. I, uh, I understand the injuries and kind of the obstacles thrown in Gabe's way. I, I On the flip side, I do think that, this city, and, and again, you don't make decisions based on your fan base and city, but this is a city that is not the toughest place to play or manage or whatever, and ultimately all you have to do is win and we'll, we'll be behind you. But um, this is going to be interesting. If they don't make the playoffs, and there's all predicated on that, I've always said if they make the playoffs, I think they give Gabe a new contract and he's here for longer. And, and I personally I think Gabe has done a good job. I think he's learned in his second year. There are still things that annoy me. As we've discussed, I want more accountability, public accountability. I want him to be a little bit more real with us. He doesn't have to kill his players, but just treat us like we're not idiots and, and don't just say, you know, be a little more transparent with what you're saying and a little less hollow with the words. But um, I would be fine with Gabe coming back. I think tactically he's gotten better. It seems like he's understanding the job more. He's a smart guy. Everyone learns, but... I think I would be in the minority if, if they don't make the playoffs. And, and I didn't, wouldn't have expected him to keep his job if the Phillies make the playoffs. But there's a really interesting article. The timing of it is interesting. Similar to um, we saw the Clentac and McPhail extensions get announced right during that rough stretch of baseball when people are starting to, to criticize them and call for Clentac and all that. That's when strategically the Matt Gelb article comes out and all of a sudden it's, hey, they're here for a while, so don't worry about it. And um, this does have a similar feel, a similar feel with, hey, hey, before this stretch run here, before the Phillies have a chance to kind of, you know, and obviously if they epically collapse again, I think that adds more information to the story where, where almost, you know, it's, it's hard not to do something, I think, at that point. But if, if they compete and they just miss the playoffs, I think this article, again, I don't read, believe everything I read, but I certainly think that it's more likely than I would have thought that Gabe stays if they don't make the playoffs. It's an interesting article and strong words. And... I do believe the idea that the Phillies want someone who's going to uh, essentially, you know, be the hand for their brain to operate. Someone who's going to, uh, you know, who's going to uh, impose and enact their organizational philosophies. And it seems like Gabe is in lockstep with them, you know, philosophically speaking, and is seeming to do that in terms of, you know, instilling those, those, um, you know, those, uh, plans and all that type of stuff so it's, it's interesting and uh, again for the first time I, i've thought if they don't make the playoffs that Kapler could be back i never thought that before i think it is it's possible uh all right big one big one tonight is now the phillies tied with the brewers but only a half game up on the mets not cool and the cardinals so it is a, a a real bunch up there as those four teams all within a half game of each other and the giants only three and a half back they are in it as well so big four game series in san francisco starting tonight 9 45 start on youtube so 
Should be fun for a lot of people. Uh, big one tonight, Aaron Nolan against Madison Bumgarner. That is a matchup. We have yet to see Bumgarner this year. Did not get traded still there. That's going to be a, a really fun one to watch. Then we get Drew Smiley against Tyler Beatty. Drew Smiley, still just that one bad inning. It'll be interesting to see how you bounces back from first loss as a Philly in this one here. I'm really excited to see that. Saturday, Velasquez has been white hot against uh, Samarja. And then Sunday, Arietta against Menez. So, look, um, obviously you have to split. You can't lose three or four, but they really should. They need to take three or four here. It's, it's again, you just lost a series to the White Sox and then a big one to the Diamondbacks. You've got four in San Francisco, three at home versus the uh, Cubs, and three at home versus the Padres. They need to start winning some games here. That Cubs series won't be easy. They have to win in San Francisco. Just a massive series here. This is really incredibly crucially important for this team, for them moving forward, for their ability to make the playoffs. It's massive. It has to start now. We're running out of baseball games, and they need to play better. So... Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully they can respond. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll dive into some more late night baseball for this team. Is uh, a week of late night baseball, a week of late nights, and hopefully tonight it'll be more. Uh, uh, we will feel less bad about staying up late tonight dealing with uh, with a, a Phillies win. Hopefully, as uh, Nola on the mound should make it easier. Nola Bumgarner, really fun one tonight on YouTube. So make sure you tune in or listen on WIP. And uh, either way, again. We will be back to talk about that and a whole lot more tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Philly's Day right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.